Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. What's up? We're back on NBS Fitness Radio. I am here with Cheyenne. Cheyenne is one of our recovery uh, recovery specialists. Uh, she does uh, recovery work in our recovery room. And today we're going to talk about the difference between rest and recovery. So, Cheyenne, what is the difference between? Um, I think it's really a lot based on what your body needs at the moment. So, your whole rest day, that's like you're doing nothing. You are not working out. You are not uh, recovering in any kind of active way. You're not scheduled to do anything. Um, a recovery day, however, is intentionally recovering your muscles, recovering your body, and recovering mentally as well. Um, really focusing and planning and programming to have that recovery done. Okay. So give me, how would you know when you need one versus the other? Um, I think in the beginning, it's very important to program that into your schedule. So Which, like both. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, in the beginning it's very important. So like if you are working out three times a week, then you need two rest days and a recovery day. Um, and that's going to be up to your programming a little bit or your trainer or whatever. Um, but knowing when you need each of them, I think along the, along the way, as you develop the, the feeling for your body and what it needs, um, I think you'll just know, like, you're going to wake up and be like, today's the day where I do nothing. And then you're going to wake up and be like, today's the day where I do, um, a walk, a hike, a swim and some yoga stretching. Gotcha. You're saying like when you first start. Since you just don't have any reference mm-hmm. or like what exactly. this is supposed to feel like, you should probably just go ahead and plan them, plan out them in <clears throat> yeah. accordingly. Then you can kind of adjust and see how your body feels and then you kind of know. Exactly. And as your body adjusts, you can add in more training days and you probably yes. need a, a few less recovery yes. and, and rest days. And then they kind of get segmented towards whatever you're, whatever you're training. So like if you're lifting really heavy the day before, we need to flush certain areas out the next day um, or prep for the day after. Kind of uh, following some sort of programming with your rest and recovery, just like you do your training, giving it just as much importance and attention as your training. So how then do you distinguish? Okay, let's, uh, let's assume this person has like been doing it for a little bit. They have um, some references for how their body feels from different training sessions. How, you, how do you distinguish like, you know, today I feel good to go train or today I just need to do some recovery work, or today I need to do nothing and have a full rest day? Um, I think soreness is going to be the biggest dictator in most athletes. Um, If you are like, you get up in the morning, you're like, I'm going to fall out of bed. Like, I'm just not going to make it. I'm not going to make it down the stairs. I'm not going to make it. Like, that is your day to do some active recovery, um, where your body kind of is going to trick you into being like, let's just lay on the couch all day. Like, we're not doing a darn thing, especially people like working from home and things like that. Um... I think that's going to be their biggest indicator is soreness. Um, if you just went way too hard the day before and you are not going to make it down the stairs, um, that's the day that your muscles are screaming, like, please help us, please refresh us, please revive us, please rejuvenate us. Um, and emotionally and mentally, you're going to feel a lot better and ready to train the next day as opposed to waiting on the couch and letting those muscles feel that for another 24 hours. Gotcha. Um, so if you have, like, extreme muscle soreness, uh, well, a lot of people you know, intuitively might say, I'm just going to take the day off. Exactly. And you're like, that's exactly. a bad strategy, buddy. You got to do something. You got to move. Yeah. <clears throat> you got to move. Um, so I think muscle soreness is probably going to be the biggest indicator for most. 
Um, just like routine, like training athletes. If you're on a regular program, um, elite athletes are going to know more um, about like what what parts their body are going to need focused on um, as they develop their training and their recovery. Well, let me ask you this: so uh, there's days where I'm like, man, my legs feel like crap. They are so sore. But training wise, we have upper body training. Yeah. So in that situation, I mean, what would you do? Would you do your normal training, but maybe do a little stuff to kind of help your legs recover? I think that's probably one of those days. Like if your program didn't do your upper body that day and your legs are wrecked from the day before, like that's one of those days we start out doing some like myofascial release with the foam roller on the legs. We work our upper body. We make sure we really stretch our upper body because now we have a full system flowing blood, pumping back through, refreshing everything. Um, and then that may be one of those days, like after your upper body, you go hit the recovery room and Norma tech boots and get a good pump going through your legs without actually having to work them or asking them to, to perform in any kind of way. Yeah. All right. So then what's an indicator for, Hey, I need a rest day. I need a nothing day. Um, to not take advantage of it. I think it's the biggest indicator. Um, just making sure that you actually done, um, intentional recovery through the week and you do have one or two days a week where it's just like your body can genuinely stay at a static position and rest all day long. Um, those, those are kind of going to get handed to you more than you need to plan them per se. Um, there's just going to be a day where you're like, I can't fit it in. I'm not going to do it. And the importance of that is having it scheduled out. Like this is my really busy work day. This is going to be my rest day. Um, I'm going to move even on those rest days, like moving just a little bit, like taking the dog for a walk, something like that, like playing with playing the yard with your kids, like just moving some sort of way. That's your rest. We're good. Call it even, um, preparation for like a big lift day or something, you know, you can, you can work that out, um, with your rest day. But if you're just like dead sore, like cannot move, like that's not your rest day. That is your day to pump blood through your body, refresh your muscles, um, kind of pat yourself on the back that day because you, you got up and you, you worked that out. You worked all that soreness and tension out. You know, one thing, uh, so Chris came in, uh, one of our clients came in and, and trained yesterday. He was just like pretty wrecked from the kettlebell. Yeah. His <laughs> yep. lower back was toast. Yeah. And uh, I was, you know, he was like, I don't know. He, he had the, I've been pouring into him this, the idea of like, hey man, just, you can do something. Yes. Like, just the win is to show prove to yourself you can do something yes. and so he came in and he was like all right well <clears throat> we'll do pull-ups we'll do uh we'll do the, the work monday workout mm-hmm. but instead of doing swings we'll do glute bridges yeah so we'll hit in the posterior chain but not mm-hmm. not stressing the, the back exactly. and it was a big win for him to kind of be like oh even though I'm crazy sore, I could still get it come in and get You're still done. doing something. And like if that was yesterday, I guarantee today he feels a million times better in that lower back. Yeah. Um just knowing like knowing that you you are still coming in and you're giving as much devotion to your recovery as you are to training. It's super unfair to ask your body to do a, a high performance output and then just leave it leave it alone for a yeah. day or twenty four hours, forty eight hours, whatever it is, like your weekends, whatever that is for you. Uh, just like not doing anything when you're sore is the worst possible thing. Mm. So your strategy, or sorry, you're suggesting that, you know, rest days should be basically just planned in. Like you mm-hmm. kind of know throughout your week, like my, this is my family day or this is my hard work day. Exactly. And this is just the, this is the day I'm going to just pre-plan to just not do anything. Yeah. Um, and then with regards to recovery days, that's a little bit more subjective to how you feel mm-hmm. there's days where you like ah man like i just i can't i can't maybe output as high as i've been outputting yep. but i'm still gonna 
do something today. I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to have a physical goal that I'm going to shoot for. That physical goal may just be to do lighter movement and, and focus on getting my body ready to train tomorrow. Exactly. Is there a max number of rest days you should take in a week? Um, there, I mean, that's kind of, kind of mixed, mixed reviews on that. Um, it depends on how much you're training, really. I mean, you've got these segments of time, these intervals of time. Like, if you're asked to do, you're asking your body to do really high performance on Monday, and you've got Tuesday just as a light workout day, a little bit cardio, whatever, you only have a certain amount of time in order to recover, in order to ask your body to do that again. Um, and in that time, like that's where you get to kind of trial and error, like what works best for you and your body and your workout routine and just your week, how you are, where you are emotionally, physically, um, with work, with external factors. Um, so I don't think there's necessarily like a plan amount of time per person is going to vary. Well, okay. Uh, let me ask you this. I, I was thinking about this. Uh, how many rest days do you take a week? One. And it's on? A weekend day, uh, yeah, okay. mostly a Sunday. Um, so you have like one one planned rest day. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of my strategy as well. Yeah, I'm gonna say I don't really ever have a rest day. Like, I don't ever sit on the couch. Uh, I got three kids, right. uh, and you're uh, active, recovering all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was all, we're basically always moving or doing something. Yeah. So like our Sunday rest day, maybe us is going to the park and playing. Right. I mean, okay, we might lay on the couch, but they're not. They only get to watch one hour of TV a week. Right. And we almost always reserve it for the weekend. Yeah. So, like, that's the time we might sit on the couch. But, um, so, but then how do you feel coming back from like that kind of uh, a rest, uh, pretty active uh, rest day? How do you feel coming back on a Monday? I usually feel pretty good. Now, I'm a, my current training routine is Monday through Friday. I get up and I would do what I would call. Uh, I do a workout every morning. It's not a hard workout. It's usually like um, some like mobility stuff or like, for example, today I got up and I did like a bunch of footwork just to kind of get my feet functioning yeah. better. It's not like it's like incredibly neurologic demanding. I don't burn a whole lot of calories. Right. Um, usually I'll do like maybe 10 minutes of some cardio activity. So I'd say – those morning workouts kind of wake me up, <clears throat> and so that when I do my my midday workout, I'm a lot more fresh. Right. I usually feel pretty good on on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I probably feel the best, and then Thursday, Friday, I start to get a little worn down, <clears throat> and then I don't. I would say Saturdays, I do my more my recovery day, mm-hmm. in the sense that I'll do one of those little, um, like one of those morning workouts, but then I don't do a normal workout. Right. Typically, sometimes I will, but <clears throat> so I, um, I usually feel good. But that being said, if I go like out of town mm-hmm. and like this past, like I've gone on, on like business trips and like sat down all day in business meetings <clears throat> and then for three days and then, uh, and it'll be like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then I'll come back home Saturday and Sunday and be with my kids and then Monday I'm like, oh, I feel bad. Right. Because I haven't moved. Right. Exactly. And uh, just keep that, like, genuinely keeping the heart pumping blood through yeah. your body is just all the difference. Yeah. And this time, when I went on the trip, I was like, I'm going to do something. So, like, every day I did, like, at least a 30 to 45-minute, like, like something. Work, workout <laughs> in my in my room. Something, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Um, okay, so now you also did 75 hard. Yes. But 75 hard is 75 days in a row. Without rest. W- without rest yeah. and two workouts. How did that 
fill? Uh, that took a minute to realize what I was doing here. Um, when I first started, it was like, let's go hard, like two wads a day, like strong lift, like we're going to keep it up. Um, about two weeks in, I was like, holy crap, like I need a recovery day and I can't take one. It's two 45 minute workouts a day. One of them has to be outside, um, on this program for 75 days straight. And if you, uh, if you goof up on one of them, you're starting over at day one. I sure as hell was not going to do that. Um, <laughs> even after like two weeks in, you're like, uh, uh-uh, not happening. Um, all right. I'm already fourth of the way there. Oh, I might yeah. as well keep rolling or exactly. fifth of the way there. So, um, Learning to plan and schedule the recovery workouts in instead of like lift and then work out of the day, you know, condition yeah. and then cardio, you know, like not back to backing them and doing like as much as I hate the idea of doing yoga, like I called it stretching, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a stretching session yeah. um, and then coming in and doing the workout and the next morning, like going for a walk, like it is exercise, it's 45 minutes, 45 minutes outside, like as fast as my dog walks, like that's what we're going to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like planning that in about after the week, it was week two, I think when I finally was yeah. like, oh, that was dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it helped a lot. Towards the end, about like 60 something a day, it was like, oh God, I need one of those like full on rest days yeah. like lay on the couch all day. Um, which I didn't get until 76, but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was good to know how to schedule it in even around the two workouts a day. How quickly did you feel like you recovered from that stretch? Like, uh, cause 75 hard, if you're doing it, two workouts a day, every day, it's going to beat you up and yeah. kind of wear you out, uh, you know, wear your muscular skeletal system out. It's going to wear your nervous system out. So it's going to wear you out psychologically and mentally. Like how, how quickly did you come back uh, to being okay? Feel, I don't feel the effects anymore. Um, it's about three days. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, it's just crazy how, how yeah. much your body yeah. can genuinely recover. And like, uh, about I think just one of those days was like active recovery. Like, yeah. um, shock the crap out of yourself in the cold shower. Yeah. Do a full stretch session. Go for a little bike ride. Um, and then the other two were just kind of veg out days and. I was back at it, like no problems, <laughs> yeah. like pulling new maxes and stuff. And yeah. it was just, it's crazy how much your body can really be pushed if you treat it right. And if you schedule those recovery yeah. increments I, in. I think the more like, um, I mean, traditional, I say it's traditional, I don't know, like, like old school thought was like, oh, you have to give your body like 48 hours between your work muscle groups and all this kind of stuff. But then if you ever look at like, I mean, buds. Guess what they do every, all day, every yeah. day? Push ups, sit ups, yeah. like flutter kicks, pull ups, exactly. swim. It's all day, every day. Exactly. There's no like, there's no recovery. It's just no, but your it's body using, adjusts to it. Yeah, and it's using those certain <laughs> things like the swim as a recovery. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's not 100 percent full hard every time. Yeah. Um, and there's times for that, like especially like elite training athletes. I mean, you're asked to do a crap ton of work and. 30 minutes, rest 15 minutes and do it all over again, just as hard. But it's about how you can use that 15 minutes now to uh, kind of, especially like the technology we have, you know, to manipulate what our body can naturally do for itself, speed that up so you can ask your body to do it all over again. Yeah, the, um, and we'll talk about kind of technology and strategies here in a second, but um, I would say like now, my, my current routine is I do Monday through Friday, I do my morning workouts. Monday through Friday, I do a 12 o'clock workout. That 12 o'clock workout is my hard workout. Mm-hmm. I would say my um, my my morning workouts are like 
easy to medium workouts. They're shorter in duration as well. And then I do cold every morning and I do sauna every night, which you could call those. I would call them light workouts. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's active recovery. You're burning calories. It's stress. Yeah. It's stress. but It's, it's, um, <clears throat> it's not really calling like muscular skeletal right. stress. Uh, and so what I think is lost sometimes is, is the idea of like, you should have hard days, medium days, or you should have hard stuff, medium stuff and light stuff. You should yeah. have this undulating, um, pattern Mm -hmm. of work that you do um every day can't be hard right every day can't be soft so you need to have this this kind of continual thing Mm -hmm. and ideally you need to move every single day there should not really be any day that you like if you ran a marathon the next day you can sit on your couch but most people don't most people honestly haven't done anything uh, to actually earn a true rest right. day, right. it's uh, you should pr- you should really have these undulating. I got my hard days, I got my medium days, but you should move every single mm-hmm. day. And in doing that, uh, like kind of my current uh, uh, setup is like I feel better than I ever have. Yeah. Um, and I tell people, people, yeah, I'm 36, and I'm kind of like I feel I feel at least 50 percent more fit and better than I did at 18. Yeah. And people are like, that's impossible. Like, you know, it's like you're, you're at your peak in your, in your, eight, in your, in your teens and your twenties. I'm like, Nope, I'm in, you're in your peak. You're between 35 and 45. If you do it right. If you do it right. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause your body just like learn to adapt and you've got all this training, um, training years on, on, mm-hmm. on your body. But, uh, I feel better now doing all that more recovered now and more prepared for my, my hard workouts than I did just doing, 12 o'clock only workouts. Like I feel better, more rested, more recovered doing more stuff than I did doing less stuff. Because like you said, you're doing it in that series of easy, medium, hard, easy, medium, hard. Um, Now in the, in those easy workouts, do you, are you able to notice uh, like the imbalances in your body and the differences and like really be aware of them? Yeah. So I said, my account, I would say my easy, if you're going to kind of say like, how does David's undulation go? It would go medium. The first thing I do is I w- wake up and I do like a medium workout. And that might be something like, like I'll do crossover symmetry. Um, I'll do like elbow pels and rails to get my, because I got an elbow injury. And then I'll do some like handstand work for five minutes. And then I get on the bike for 10 minutes. Yeah. So it, it, it's not a like super strenuous thing. Yeah. Then, so I would call that a medium. Then I get into the cold pool, which I would call that a light. Then at 12 o'clock, I do my hard workout. And then at night, I do sauna for 20 minutes, and I call that light. So it goes like yeah. medium light, hard light. So my undulation is daily. Yeah. Medium light, hard light. Saturday is just medium or, or medium light, light, because mm-hmm. I'll do that. And then Sunday is just two lights, right. cold and sauna. Um, so yeah, every day when I do the medium ones, like, because I'm not like, um, I'm not pushing my, myself to the max because my 12 o'clock workouts are, you know, like we're going to do something heavy or we're gonna do something hard and right. fast or, right. you know, it's a Metcon. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be competitive in those yeah. workouts. Uh, <clears throat> so sometimes like, mm, there's less awareness of what's going on, but then in the medium workouts, yeah, I'm trying to be very aware of like. How does this muscle feel today? How does this joint feel today? That doesn't feel good. 
my goal right now is is not to like make myself feel worse. What do I need to adjust to make myself feel better? Right. So I may be right. doing some stretching or something and be like, mm, I don't feel good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up. Yeah. Even though I programmed it or whatever. And incorporating that into your recovery for that certain area. Uh, yep. Like you said, like elbow injury. So like noticing the imbalance in those easy or medium workouts or recovery periods or recovery days for a lot of people. Um, I think that's going to make the biggest difference in training overall. Yep. Um, especially when you are going like in those hard, fast, competitive workouts. If you've got that uh, mental idea of like, hey, like this is where my weakness or imbalance is because I've trained it. And then asking it to perform at a high peak performance level or a competitive level. Um, that's going to make all the difference in a lot of people's workouts. Yeah. I, I would say I use my medium workouts to target my, my weak points. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I got dumb feet. I work, work, been wearing shoes for 36 years. Yeah. They got dumb. So I'm like, all right, that's a weak point. Yeah. You know, um, I, since we use the level method, I'm like, man, my weak point is like those, the ring muscle ups mm-hmm. and uh, the handstand push ups. So that's the kind of stuff I work. I'm not doing ring muscle ups in the morning, but I'm working like, the turnover, I'm working like um, um, builder movements right. to just kind of groove those movements and be like, oh, well, th- you know, this side feels different. This, th- yeah. this how do I address and that? And taking so. awareness of it. I think that's mm-hmm. a, something that a lot of people um, kind of overlook or are lacking in their recovery is like, oh, like, let's just get through this stretching or let me yeah. just foam roll kind of from head to toe yeah. as opposed to noticing like, wow, like my left leg feels like a tree trunk compared to my right one. You yeah, know? right, like, yeah. They just kind of, you know, you see them kind of just sit on the foam roller and they're just kind of going around. Um, I think just being conscientious of the imbalances and differences in your body, um, especially in those light workouts or on your recovery days and targeting that. Yeah, I... I I've heard both. I mean, I'll ask people all the time, like, what's the best strategy? And I've heard both, like, because I've been like, well, if my left leg's tight and my right leg is not, should I stretch both? And I've had people be like, yeah, you should definitely stretch both. Well, I mean, honest, like, I find, and personally, I find better um, change when I, like, figure that one thing that's just constantly nagging me mm-hmm. and I hit it every day. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I can, I can, I can, feel that that change mm-hmm. versus if like I, I, if i attack like my entire body every yes. day like i may hit that spot but then every day i come back to i'm like it's kind of the same uh but like you know if i'm like man my hip flexor is tight what i find is a better strategy is like what well, if i stretch my hip flexors every day for like a month after a month my hip flexors aren't really that tight anymore right <laughs> you know right I mean? but it's the thing like that's the thing is like i think for a lot of people that's a lot to bite off yeah and like well, hey, to do me this it's every day but to you it, it makes sense because then it's just i mean it's all it's all gone it well even it if it's better. not every day i guess like um to me it's easier to bite off let me do this one stretch yes every day yes then then Every day or some some days a week, do this full body recovery. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the a lot of times the full bodies to me feels like man, I, there's so many that, that that's everything. Yeah, you know. There's versus so much. I'm like, uh, what's the biggest? Like like maybe my maybe my knee is kind of not feeling great, but my shoulder is is really what's limiting mm-hmm. me. Then what I'll do is for two weeks, I'll just focus on my shoulder until it feels better. Yeah. And then I'll move to my knee. Right. And to me, that's easier to bite off because I just like, I focus on one thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's talk about strategies. What what are some strategies people can use in a recovery day? Like how, how, how should, what, what would that look like? Um, it's it's of course going to depend on the person, the workout, the day that you're on or the cycle that you're in. If that's like your easy time, your hard time, um, 
I mean, there's, God, there's everything. There's so much technology now that we can use. Um, like what? So, for example, uh, we've got, you know, in our recovery room here, I've got the Normatech sleeves. Love those. Those are great, uh, like, compression devices. They start mm. out in the medical field, really. Yeah. Um, known as, like, sequ- sequential compression device uh, for people who had surgery, were laid up in bed. We needed to move the blood and the lymph through their system. So, coming from that, they started making them into athletic uh, recovery uh, tools and you know we can now speed up that recovery that your body naturally flushes through all of your toxins all of the lymph uh, that's kind of stagnant in your body after yeah. uh, collecting that lactic acid buildup and the soreness yeah. I mean you feel like you're walking on clouds after it you've got the sleeves the boots in there um so th- the strategy with the compression sleeves is it, the idea is like we're trying to flush fluids yeah. out of an area you you, you you created damage, you uh, created stress to an area, fluid builds up in there, yeah. and we need to get that out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's literally like hitting the flush button. Yeah. Like, just flush it through, bring new blood, new yeah. oxygen, new nutrients, all and If your cells. legs were sore, you could go do 100 squats. Exactly, and but flush it out. Yeah, but that's like... That's taxing, and that's, that's load-bearing, yeah. and you're ending up... Uh, you kind of get into that overtraining yeah. mode, as opposed to letting your it's body It's also recover. neurologic, like... Exactly neurologically you're just like oh, i'm just like i'm tired and like yeah. trying to coordinate this versus i can put these boots on and yeah lay down relax yeah and get, get and the it feels nice yeah. it's basically like a deep tissue compression and yeah. it floods back in and i mean uh just overall like health benefits of that are amazing i mean yeah. it's going to keep your system pumping a lot better like i said that's what they use post-surgical patients yeah. for uh you know avoiding blood clots yeah so um you get your normatex sleeves you have basic just like ice and heat like yeah. free sleeve and ice pack um, a bag of peas if you're at home, you know, like yeah. whatever you need to use, um, just ice and heat. That's going to be more like targeted towards an area if you're doing it like that. Um, like, What does I, ice and heat do? So we're going to decrease inflammation there. Okay. That's the biggest thing. Decrease inflammation and then open up the vascularity again to flow. It's all about that blood flow, that flush. Um, flow some new oxygen, new nutrients back to those tight, sore, um, stretched out, microtrauma muscles. Um, so like what uh, – Let's let's talk about like acute um, heat and ice. So this would yeah. be things like a a heat pack mm-hmm. and then the cold packs. Like what would be a um, what would be a uh, a prescription like a program for that? Yeah. Um, so I mean, if you're targeting one area, like say you got like a lower back that kind of flared up, you did some squats, didn't feel good, position wasn't perfect. We're like, ooh, that feels really crappy. Um, We're going to throw ice on it for 15 minutes. After a day of that, every, every, God, even every hour, 15 minutes, throw ice on. A couple hours, do that for a whole day. Um, And then we're switching to ice and heat, back and forth, back and forth. Like Um, uh, in the same session? Yeah, same session. So you got 15 minutes of ice, 15 minutes of heat. Take an hour, two hours off, 15 minutes of ice, 15 minutes of heat. Um, so there's like the small exposures to it to keep your body flushing towards that, um, your system flushing towards that area that's yeah. injured or bothering you or tweaked or whatever it is. Um, Basically what you're doing is you're like restricting blood flow with the ice yes, and then flushing uh, it. and then uh, opening it up, opening it up yeah, with exactly. the heat. So you're, you're kind of getting that, that um, flushing effect. As if you would go work it out again, which yeah. is basically what your body's going to do yeah. um, to get rid of all that buildup or tension that you're holding in that area. I also think there's a, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some, some studies around this. I haven't, I'm 
don't pay attention to a ton of those, but um, I think there's a, also a benefit of kind of um, stimulating pain receptors in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of, when you're in- in- introducing extreme heat, extreme ice, like the first effect of it is yeah. shock. You know, there's like pain receptors or that, that are firing off right. like crazy saying, yo, this is cold. Right. Ah, this is hot. But then eventually you kind of adjust to it. And I think I mean, to a degree there's like this desensitization of the pain receptors within that that tissue. Right. It comes from from working out. I and mean, part of the, the process of like if you got a sore muscle and you work it out more is you're somewhat desensitizing it. Yeah. But also from the actual ice and heat, I think there's some desensitization. Oh, for as well. sure. And then the, the beauty of that, though, is even if it's desensitized to the ice or to the heat um, or even to the pain, uh, once that heat goes back on and floods the new nutrients and blood and oxygen to that area, then you kind of get a new feeling for um, for the for the pain or for whatever's yeah. there. You know, you get to feel it again yeah. um, in a new light, in a new way, and notice if it's better. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, really fine-tuning your feeling towards an area. Like yeah. we talked about finding those imbalances and focusing on them. Um, it all kind of comes full circle there. Yeah, it helps you create a better neuromuscular communication where you're, you can be a little bit more aware of mm-hmm. like how things feel yeah. and you, and you learn to know, you know, this, this is really a, this is a seven, eight, like I don't mm-hmm. need to do anything today. And there are some days where you're like, man, this is a three, four. Like I'm just, I'll be aware of it. This pain is talking to me. So right. I'm aware of it, but I can still get it, get it. And I think, you know, one of the, the learning curves between someone who's, I'm not going to say an advanced athlete, but someone who's just been doing it a longer mm-hmm. time versus someone who's new. When you first start doing stuff and you've never felt pain associated with, I'm not going to say pain, well, pain, but discomfort. Discomfort, yeah. You know, you're, you're like, okay, well, I've never felt this before. This is bad. Yeah. You know, I'm injured. Yeah. I, I, I'm I, I, down. I've never felt injured before. <laughs> right. I assume this is what it feels this like. I'm out. <laughs> And then, um, and then the more you do it, then you, you become more aware of like, ah, what is this really yeah. on this scale? And like, you learn what your body can and can't do. And I have a, uh, right. did you ever watch made MTV made? Mm. No, cause we were, we grew up like your kids. There was like an hour of TV a week. Okay. And that was it. <laughs> so MTV made, it always take like a, um, it always be like a, uh, uh, Maybe someone who wasn't super popular and was overweight and they wanted to become like um, the uh, the homecoming king yeah. or queen or something like that. You know, it was, it was always like someone to be made into something different. Like the full makeover. Yeah, and it always involved like taking this person who's never worked out a day in their life and like they'd put them with a the trainer who would just kill them for like one workout or, you know, for like two weeks. It was, it was a relatively short yeah. period of time. And I remember like on day one, every time they'd be like, I'm dying. <laughs> And the person's like, no, you're all right. They're like, no, I'm literally dying. But, like, they had never felt their heart rate over 150 right. for an extended period of time. They just assumed, like, well, this is the most uncomfortable I've ever been. This must be death. I assume this is as close. <laughs> I'm close to death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But they're like, this is what death feels like. Yeah. But then, you know, then you get people like that, like, get into it and they're so programmed to push past it that they start ignoring everything that all the signals that their body's giving them like hey holy crap y'all like we need a rest day you know and your body's screaming at you and they're like no no no, like i can push past and that's where injuries happen yeah it's like the uh early on you need to be pushed forward Mm -hmm. and later on you need to be held back back. Eh, maybe we don't go quite so hard yeah maybe don't kill yourself today (laughs) uh all right what's some other 
technologies and strategies we can utilize. Um, keeping on that heat and ice theme, I mean, you know, as well as anybody, cold, yep. cold tub, ice tub, cold pool, whatever yep. you have at your disposal, um, sauna. Cold shower. You can do that in the shower. Hot shower. Exactly. Hot shower, cold shower. Heat pad. Yep. Anything like that. Um, full body submersion in it is really awesome if you yep. are going to do that targeted, like we talked about, like low back, heat and ice. Um, we've got like various forms of manual therapy so you've got like your percussion massager yeah. which they sell like everywhere now yeah. <laughs> i mean like tj maxx 20 bucks percussion massager um Do they those really are, have one at tj yeah maxx? i swear to god um so like i mean you've got like your shoulders bothering you and you're like i just can't loosen it up yeah we'll put it through a full range of motion whatever that is um you hit that percussion massager on it either pre or post workout and you'll notice a huge difference of that range of motion um, just what? from having some sort of manual manipulation to it. Gotcha. So you use, and, and we can kind of go down a general list, but you've got like percussive instruments. Yeah. Um, you've got like a foam roller yeah. type instrument that you could utilize. Yeah. Um, now that you, they've got uh, like different, I mean, basically smaller variations of foam rollers. Yeah. So it could be like a, a figure eight ball or like a lacrosse ball. Lacrosse ball, dryer ball, if lacrosse ball's not, you know, cutting it for you. Um, yeah. And then you've got, you know, all sorts of like the lay on the acupressure mats and yeah. things like that. Uh, the pressure points, like the canes that you use, yeah. you know. Um, so just like genuinely like pressing into the muscle, releasing the muscle. Yeah. Uh, that myofascial release of, of letting the tension out, yeah. um, activating it. Yeah. Um, putting yourself through a full range of motion any kind of way, like stretching, swimming, running, jogging. Like those are all therapy forms. What? Let me, okay, let me ask you this. What is, what's going on when you're doing like the percussive or the um, self-myofascial release? Like what, what are, what are we kind of doing through there? What are we trying to achieve? Um, we're trying to achieve a release of soreness. So as those muscles work, they have little micro tears um, and, in, in a perfect system, your body would send a bunch of nice, fresh blood to it, pull all the toxins away from it, but we don't have the perfect bodies anymore. You when know, we say like, toxins, like, what are you specifically referring to? Everything that's like, released on a cellular like level. Metabolic yeah, byproducts. everything that's released on this cellular not level. Like, not like you ate trash and now it's in your muscles. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, it's, it's metabolic byproducts exactly. that haven't been cleared out yeah. of that muscle tissue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So on a cellular level, we yeah. have those toxins resting yeah. in our muscles. Yeah. They create a little bit of buildup, yeah. um, especially if we neglect them for so long. Um, now we have like knots in our back. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. Like we're pressing on them, doing some sort of manual manipulation with a foam roller, a finger, a percussion massager, releasing it. That's going to trigger your body to send healing to that area. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, there's kind of a, a couple of strategies I like to use with, with those types of instruments. One is like, is the, uh, like the, the push or like the trying to push mm -hmm. blood and, and um, fluids in and out. So that's like rolling it yeah. across, just kind of getting those long kind of Drag. um, drags on it. Then there's um, what uh, is like the contraction and release. So like you've got like a knot somewhere that's very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I'll I'll find that knot with whatever that tool is. I'll contract that that tissue against that tool for like ten seconds, and then try to relax it as much as possible. And that kind of helps uh, reduce some of the um, tone in that muscle. That muscle is kind of turned on and protective around that area. And so that kind of helps it kind of relax which then gives me back range of motion. Right. 
And then range of motion work, which would be like, um, let's say I've got it on my IT band or something. Um, I'll find a spot that's like, ooh, that's kind of gnarly. And then I'll try to move the joints upper, you know, uh, upper or lower of that. So I'll like, with it sitting on the side of my leg, I'll bend my knee. I'd like to do that. I did this this morning with my calf. Like the side of my calf is crazy tight. So like I, I drag it about 10 times. Then I'll just find a, like the spot that's like, oop, that's it. I'll do the contraction, relax, and then I'll find, I'll do that with each spot, and then I'll find kind of where, uh, or I may do the whole length of the of the, of the uh, muscle, but moving my ankle to it. Right. And after that, I'm like, okay, I've reduced my soreness. I don't got that, that um, the tension is no longer in that muscle. The, the, the uh, muscle tone is kind of relaxed a bit, mm-hmm. and now I've got more range of motion that yeah. I can now train it through. Right. Without causing any more inflammation. Right, without pissing it mm-hmm. off more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a good strategy for people. Yeah, releasing that inflammation for sure is going to be key. Yeah. Um, uh, and you've got, I mean, basically like we just talked about, you've got all of, all of that all wrapped into one with like cupping, yeah. scraping, Graston, yeah. things like that. Um, something that somebody else can perform yeah. for you. Um, release it like a deep tissue massage, yeah. chiropractic adjustment, some sort of release for your body. Um. So forms like that is basically going to be like some sort of suction or pull or scrape, like you yeah. said, like doing those long um, lines on your on your muscles, moving that lymph, moving manually manipulating the circulation to that area, um, controlled release to it. And I, I find the benefit of having someone else do the the manipulation work is that like when I'm trying to do it myself, I'm like I'm having to engage mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Like uh, I'm having to engage mentally. Uh, I am now having to make a like mental decision between like, okay, what's the appropriate amount mm-hmm. of pain I want to feel? Yeah, that's <laughs> a know? hard fight in your <laughs> you <know>? mind. <laughs> uh, and then I'm also just like, even like on a foam roller, you're like sitting there like holding yourself. Right. You know, I got like so it's hard to relax everything right. when I'm having to like balance myself on a foam roller. So the nice, the nice part about having someone, um, shout out to Cheyenne, do. <laughs> tissue work to you yeah. for you is that like you can actually disengage from and just relax and let them do the work right while you actually relax right. the tissue right and then you can follow it back up you know the next day or the next night or whatever with on some stuff own. on your own yeah, yeah exactly exactly um and being able to being able to do that um and feel like with my hands feel the tension in yeah. somebody else and like point like hey do you feel it here it's yeah. amazing how like spot on you can actually feel it when you're feeling yourself, you like internally, you know where to feel, you yeah. know. Um, but having somebody else point it out and be like, "Hey, like this is out of whack," I think that's a like that sheds a lot of light on where you are in your in your feel of your body and how recovered or how sore you are. And uh, more often than not, like there's a lot of times like you may you have like transferred pain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're like this is where I feel it, but like that's not where the issue yeah. is. Like you know, your legs they, are tight and your back hurts. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I feel it here, so then what do I go do? I go deal with that tissue, right. but it's not getting any better because I'm not addressing like, the real right. cause. Right, which and is where, like, the full body does come into play. And someone else would be like, eh, I'm doing this. Yeah. This is why, you're, this is why you're, you know, your lower back's bothering you, your legs are bothering you. Right. This thing's tight. Right. Like, oh, crap, I've been hitting the wrong stuff exactly exactly or like i saw i saw a client yesterday and the same thing like she's like my low back is killing me i'm like it's really your erectors like yeah. they are so punched out all the time like you yeah. are just not up and down your erectors yeah. and it's pulling those gluteal attachments and that's why you feel it in your deadlift or your yeah. squat or whatever 
And I think that's, I mean, that goes back to like why it's nice to have a guide Mm -hmm. or some type of team, someone else other than yourself to kind of like help you get through whatever it is, even recovery, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's people who are experts at what they do and it's better to let the experts guide you through Mm -hmm. whatever that, uh, whatever that, that, um, guide you towards that goal that you're trying, trying to achieve. Yeah whether it be performance and or recovery. Right. Yeah. Or even just maintaining like yeah. a healthy, good feeling body. Yeah. I mean, you can be healthy, you can be fit, but you can feel like crap. Yeah. Um, and in order to like kind of make, make you a well-rounded person, it's devoting that much time to your recovery as it is that much time to your workout. Yeah. It's being aware that uh, the, the only solution is not like hit the gas harder. Right. <laughs> right. Know? It's not just go more, more, more. And, and I think, I think, uh, uh, there's just a reality that like, Hey man, if you spent 40, 50 years, like not doing a whole lot of stuff and you just sat in a chair, like that's a big shift. It's a huge transition for your body to make. Yeah. yeah. And it's gonna, it's gonna respond to that with some kind of aches and pains, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And that's the, um, that's where having someone who can kind of like talk you through it and you're not just like in this state of like, oh, my body's broken or right. I, you know, whatever. And so I was like, ah, well, like, th- let's talk about why. Let's educate you on why yeah. this is the case so that now you can be more aware. And um, you might do something where you're like, oh, okay, well, it's because I slouch all the time. If I'd sit up a little bit more, right. now I'm aware of that. Right. And you know? so often, I mean, I see it a lot with, like, shoulder shoulder problems. Like, yeah. oh, man, it's always my right shoulder. I don't know what I do on it. I'm like, do you sleep on it? And, like, 99% of the time it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do, you know, and just like a somebody third of my else, life like this. Exactly. <laughs> and just somebody else pointing it out or like my wrist hurts. Would you type at a desk all day? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, is that your mouse hand? Yeah, it is. You yeah. know, it's just like somebody else pointing that out for you and kind of outlining like, Hey, this may be what's actually going on. Let's fix it. As opposed to you just being like, man, I just have a bum wrist. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the most helpful thing that anybody, anybody, whether you're, I mean, peak performance athlete or you're just training to maintain yeah um anybody's gonna appreciate that point out thousand percent i think that brings up a good final point uh of like how you can improve rest and recovery is sleep yes <laughs> as much as we uh sleep you know always want that uh oh what's this what's that what's the quick fix mm-hmm. what's the tool i can buy mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just like you don't sleep very good. You know why? Because you watch Netflix at night. Right. And you sit on your phone for another 30 minutes. And then uh, you have your phone beside your bed. And and then when you wake up in the middle of the night, you reach straight for the technology yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, you know, the best strategies for, for sleep is like, man, you, you got to get the phone out of the room. You got to get out. Uh, you got to decrease, have like a work down mm-hmm. of stimulus. Yeah. So you think like your phone is all stimulus. So it's like. You're seeing, you're hearing, you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the sooner we can get that phone out of our hands and start to kind of come down from that, the better. So, like, even as, even phone to TV, but, like, actual TV, which is just hearing and seeing, right. is, a better, is a step down. Step down. Or you could do reading mm-hmm. where you're not getting the light stimulus, which is seeing and touch mm-hmm. but no hearing. Right. Or you could do music, which is hearing but no touching or, or, um, or, um, or seeing, and then, um, like removing yourself from light sources mm-hmm. as soon as possible. 
uh, I mean, like, it starts to, like, dim your lights or turn lights down, um, and, uh, like, have a, like I said, like, a work down. Yeah. So, if you can go from, like, phone to, if you want to watch TV, you can, but phone, TV, reading, cold shower, jump in bed, go to sleep. Yeah. Blacked out room, you can have a noise machine, no TV, um, Jake, <laughs> and, uh, and then a phone in another room. Yeah. And was always like, well, that's my alarm clock. I'm like, buy an alarm buy clock. An alarm clock. Yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> also like how, like creating a system. Like when yeah. you're a kid and you have like a bedtime routine, like yeah. your body naturally goes to sleep. Like I don't remember like laying awake at night as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get a bedtime routine. Yeah. Um, so like creating that for you as an adult and like creating a safe space for your mind to turn off, I yeah. think is a huge part. Like your body naturally wants to recover. We are made to do things to recover, like yeah. sleep, eat, hydrate. Yeah. Um, work and move you know um so sleep being one of those is like one of the big things that you have to you have to do what's right like what your body's calling for yeah it wants to sleep you are tired you know like none of us walk around bright-eyed and bushy-tailed anymore like you are tired give your body the sleep that it needs but set it up properly if you've ever been camping like you'll realize like your bedtime's really like eight o'clock yeah 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 (laughs) it's like you're camping yeah and you don't have you know you're like you're you like did stuff all day. You did physical activity right. all day, so it kind of wore you out. Then you had a good big meal yes. that makes you feel satisfied, and then, um, and then it goes dark yeah. outside. And you have that natural circadian rhythm kick, yeah, kick and you're in. Like, you're like, I'm oh. ready to go to sleep. Yeah, and it's I, different for everybody. <laughs> like your rhythm's going to be different. Like yeah. you, you may be at eight. I may be at eight thirty. You yeah. know, somebody else may be nine. But just like having that routine established. Yeah, yeah having that routine established and that, having that um, have like. Have the same bedtime, same wake up time every day, but I, when people are always like, "I'm a night owl," I'm like, "No one's a night owl." Like, I promise you, you're not a night yeah. owl if you go on a on a, on a backpacking trip. Yeah. I've never seen anyone stay up till eleven o'clock on a backpacking right. trip because I mean, at, even in the summertime, it's dark at eight. Right. And so, like eight thirty, I'm nine o'clock. I was like, "This is yawning. I think I'm gonna go to bed." Yeah. And you sleep from like. Nine to six. Right when the you birds know, start chirping, you you're up. Yeah. Yeah. Nine hours. Yeah, you, know? exactly. you get a good, solid night's sleep. You feel like a champ. So, yeah. Um, it's usually, you know, in the wintertime, it's cold outside. You know, hold it up in your in your camping, in your, you know, uh, bag. Uh, but that just goes to show, like, uh, a, a lot of sleep issues are are, are caused by all the, the, the lights and the technology yeah. that we're constantly surrounding ourselves with. It's like, we're sabotaging our own sleep yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, like, as much production as you want to get done, like, a lot of people are going to fall asleep on their laptop with the TV on the background, their phone buzzing, and they're yeah. falling asleep working. And it's like, you are just sabotaging the crap out of yourself because now you're not going to have restful night's sleep. Yep. You're going to wake up and you're trying to get all that work done that you half groggily did the night before. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's not, it's not yeah. productive at the end of the day. Yeah. It would be more productive to have, like, I'm going to take this time to prepare myself for a good night's sleep. Right. So tomorrow... I'm gonna have, have to worry about it. I'm gonna have 16 hours of energy. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Right on. All right. Uh, any final words, Cheyenne? Um, just listen to your body. You know, do do what you know that you need to do. Do the right thing. Love it. All right. Awesome. Thanks. MBS Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.